What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Bored and Nerdy on a Tangent. I am one of the two beautiful hosts for this evening. You can call me S. Dan the Legend, or, you know, you can just ignore me. Uh, you can listen to that guy up in the other corner instead, the one with the beautiful face and the long hair up there. Hey, that's Dale. Hey, I'm Dale. How you doing tonight, Dale? Oh, I'm doing good. Had the day off work today. Enjoying it. Just chilling. It's three degrees outside. I am loving life. Three degrees. That's unnecessary, bro. Absolutely yeah, unnecessary. I, I've actually, uh, so I don't know if this is a thing where you live. I have to imagine that, you know, regionally we like to think we're the best. We think memes only pertain to my region. But there's kind of a, a joke in New England um, that there's a certain level of New Englander that just doesn't need to wear pants any longer in winter. Um, their legs just don't get cold. And I think I've reached that point um, as uh, I was wearing shorts outside tonight in like nothing degree weather. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't really say much to that. I remember years back I was working at the, uh, working at the dealership as a porter and we would work in the back of the shop, washing all the cars, helping the mechanics, service cars, whatever needed to be done, whatever they needed extra hands with. And um, in the in the back end of the shop, the actual like, mechanic-y part of the, the shop, uh, we had no heat. We had no AC. We had nothing. It was just freezing for eight hours a day. And so once it hit like 20, 30, keep in mind, like I'm from the Chicago area, right? Like we're we're used to layers. We bundle up. We do everything. Once it hit the like 25, 30 mark, we're out there in t-shirts and shorts. Just don't care. Not a single care in the world. It was like summer. Yeah, but like you're you're a cold weather dude through and through, right? Like you've always lived in cold weather? or Always or lived in cold weather, to- yeah. And I definitely have a preference towards the colder end of the spectrum. Like I don't like freezing weather by any means. But I will absolutely take cold weather over super super hot muggy humid weather any day so you know i have to say i live in this weird spot now where um i no longer could deal with the heat and humidity of florida uh where i was born and and where i preferred for many years but i still don't like the cold of new england um definitely don't like the darkness and the excessive amounts of snow we got uh I think it was something like 18 inches last weekend. Oh, geez. (laughs) And then they're predicting another six inches for tomorrow. Like, I just had to go move my my car because they're towing on odd numbers of the streets. Um, And I was parked on an odd number side. And uh, I stepped in a snow mound. Now, there's points. Don't get me wrong, guys. There's there's parts where, like, the grass is showing again. For those that are familiar with how snow works, it melts. but where I ended up parking my car, it's underneath a tree where like none of the snow has melted. So I stepped out of my car wearing boots but shorts into about a 16 to 18 inch drift of snow. Um, my calf muscle really appreciated that. Um, but the, the big the big oof with it is that uh, we had some Super Bowl plans for tomorrow. Yay, sports ball. Uh, let's go Chiefs. Um, and it's not looking like we're going to be able to follow through on those, uh, which I'm not going to lie. Low key, I'm kind of excited about. 
Um, I do enjoy going out and getting good food for the sports ball programs, but uh, we were going to a public restaurant that is pretty popular. And hmm. um, I, I'll admit, I've been there a couple times during COVID during like really low, low hours, you know, not really lunch, not winter, you know, I've been there for like winter sure. hours. Um, and they do a fairly good job in keeping it safe and COVID appropriate there. But it still doesn't like make me feel any better going out in public. Um, I'd rather be a recluse. So now instead, I get to sit on my couch and watch the the sports ball game. Fitting. <laughs> Dale is super excited for sports ball, guys. Uh, Dale, who's going to win the sports ball tomorrow? Uh, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> I was halfway. Ex- I was halfway expecting a uh, a Zanarkin Apes. That's really where I thought we were going with that. Uh, I retroactively fit in the Zanarkin Apes. <laughs> so, um, y'all, we got a lot to to get through this evening. Some of it may end up being uh, a more of a tangent than than informational. But uh, welcome to the show, where literally the second half of it is called on a tangent. So. Dale, first things first, let's get into the, what are you playing? What am I playing? Well, I mean, same thing as last week. Uh, I am playing uh, Final Fantasy Tactics still. Um, Been going through a lot of that, getting towards the end of it. We finally made our way to uh, chapter three out of four. So we're we're, we're getting there. Uh, Anything else on the back burner is kind of, kind of taking a uh uh a seat right now uh like i said last week i was playing demon souls with the girlfriends um we've been binging the star wars movies as of late uh getting back up to the sequel trilogy because i've forgotten so much it's been a long time since i've seen them uh so tactics 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 is really where i'm standing right now yeah i know that we're gonna get back into that so i won't push you too much further on that at this moment um, I slipped, tripped, and fell deep into the Tarkov hole again. Um, guy I've been playing music with. Uh, so years and years ago, for those that don't hang around the channel, um, I tried to pursue music professionally from 2005 to 2008. And uh, the drummer of that band now owns a music studio. Um, and he does sound engineering work for like high school musicals and things uh, on the side as well. Uh, he stayed very into the music scene. Um, he's like, Hey bro, you know, emo is coming back around that, that cycles hit where we're kind of transitioning out of the nineties and, and into the early two thousands. You want to be emo again? I was like, bro, again, I never <laughs> stopped. When did I leave? <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we've had two writing slash, uh, fake recording sessions up at his studio and he introduced me to this young fella, this young 25-year-old whippersnapper uh, by the name of Joe, who's also a baby streamer. And uh, Joe just got into Tarkov with this latest wipe. And I have to say, man, there's something about... I'm not great at Tarkov um, when it comes to mechanics of the game. But I'm pretty knowledgeable about it. And there's something very rewarding about taking a new player under your wing who's really passionate about a game that you know a lot about and just kind of walking them through it. So um, I think I spent every night this week streaming 
Tarkov. I, I had plans to do something else, but just kept coming back to, to Tarkov. Uh, which actually it kind of I'm gonna use as a segue into what I wanna talk about. Okay. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. And this is a topic that I've actually put a lot of thought into over the past um specifically this past year, uh, with what I play and when I play it and why I play it. You know, you probably get this too, Dale, as a as a streamer, um, and as somebody that has many of the nerd friends of different tastes. Like, right, you have your your D and D friends. That was that Thursday night. Do you guys do D and D? Thursday night D and D. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you got your D and D group. Um, you got the guys that want you to do your Dark Souls speed runs. You got the guys that want you to finish the game that you've been playing and working on, right? So you got these different groups that pull you in different directions. And then you got me going, Dale, come play some first-person shooter that you're going to die in 30 <laughs> seconds in. You know, so we have all these groups and these reasons why we feel like we need to be playing specific games. Um, but more so than ever, I-, I feel like right now, for a lot of us, games have become a form of self-care, right? Some people meditate. Some people play music or do art. Some people get lost in their gaming. You ever feel that way about gaming? Uh, I get lost in it? Absolutely. That I get so immersed in it. I just want to keep not, not zoning out, but just fully immerse myself and get lost in the the rhythms and the sways and the grooves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, there's, I think I've brought this up before guys, but a lot of my students get shocked. Uh, I, I teach history. And when we talk about the great depression, they're, they're always shocked to find out that people were willing to spend a quarter, which at the time was a lot of money to go to the movie theater when like yep. they couldn't eat. But there's this concept known as escapism, like the world sucks. Let me go hear about the hero that saves the damsel in distress, or let me hear about, you know, the underdog that, that achieves their dreams. Let me go live in the world. That I wish reality mirrored. And I feel that video games right now are that same form of escapism for a, a lot of people. I can't do the things I normally do. I can't live the life I currently want to live right now because you know, if like, for instance, my state has some pretty strict mandates on, on what we can and can't do. Um, even as far as like tomorrow's going to be a weird day for those of us that are used to having the Super Bowl be a part of what you do and, and part of your social gathering. Um, but even lately, gaming has had this weird stress factor uh, that it's put on me where normally it's my way of escaping. And I've thought a lot about this um, and, and why I feel that way. You know, these pressures to a lot of folks get frustrated with the way I stream. I will dive deep into a game for a week, right? Like I am all about Stardew. All I want to do is play Stardew. We stream 30 hours of Stardew in one week and then I don't play it for two months. Why? Because I don't want to. I could get on and play the games that my stream wants me to watch. I could jump on to see if these, like I, right before we went live, I got DM for the first time in like, I don't even know how long 
um, hey, we need a fourth for Sea of Thieves, some new content or something just hit. And I love Sea of Thieves. Don't get me wrong. You guys have heard me talk about it on the show in our previous seasons. I think that they do a great job with updating it, keeping it fresh. It's a beautiful game. It's a relaxing game. But I have to play it when I want to play it. And I've been thinking a lot about this idea of intuitive gaming. Um, it just, you know what? If something is pulling you in that direction, even though you feel you have to finish this story or your friends want you to play that or stream wants you to play this, ultimately, you got to play what you want to play in order to, A, have the most amount of fun, but B, to take care of yourself in the way that escapism is supposed to achieve. Dale, what do you think? Am I off my rocker or how do you, what's your take on it? No, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I guess it's also said it doesn't have to be play what you want to play. Just do any activity that gives you pleasure, relieves stress, doesn't add more stress, right? A game, music, sewing, book, reading, whatever it is. Uh, what you were saying earlier reminded me of something that my grandma had explained to me ages, ages back, in that when she was growing up, she came from a poor part of our of our area and they were going through like the entire region was going through some pretty tough times and people would put all of their furniture out in their living room windows so you'd have like you'd see a couch you'd see a table like two chairs and that was like all the furniture that people had and they put it out in front because they wanted to make it seem like they were well off like they were doing okay and like there weren't any problems but as soon as you go inside the house there's like the rest of the actual house the household is bare and that's that's really what it kind of you saying your escapism reminded me of like pretending it's fine we're gonna we're gonna smile and laugh about it we're gonna go see a movie for 25 cents and escape the horrible parts of the world for an hour for two hours but then we come back and we realize just how how bad things are. And everyone has their different ways of, of handling it, right? Everyone, everyone's unique. Everyone has their, their interests or whatever. And yeah, that, that's, that's just what it reminded me of. And it blows my mind that even today, people aren't all that different. People have their different, their vices, their interests, whatever. And it could be through something obsessive like playing something for too long, getting too involved in an activity where it's unhealthy. Uh, it could be gambling, the thrill, the pleasure of just losing yourself into whatever activity it is. It could be uh, shopping, buying too many things just to get some what satisfaction, um, gratification of having whatever thing come in, however fleeting it is. And I think I think that itself is kind of scary kind of sad i mean so I, anything, I went off on a, on a complete tangent there but no but <laughs> but there is this balance right between um anything in not in abundance but in overabundance right too much of anything is too much absolutely know? even if it's something that could be perceived as healthy too much of anything is too much you could actually do things such as over exercise what? Yeah, I know. Us fat kids could rejoice in knowing that they could overdo it. But also, <laughs> not enough exercise is still dangerous, right? You got to have to find this happy medium. 
Um, escaping your problems for a couple hours with a video game, fantastic, great. Your body needs to de-stress, decompress, and, and, and you need to take care of yourself. But that doesn't mean avoiding when you come out of that state. And I think that's where a lot of people right now are struggling is um, the virtual world is so much better than the real world. I don't want to go back to whatever my real world obligations are. Absolutely. Let me plug in SEO-like and just never leave, right? Yeah, right. Wow, I feel personally attacked. I just I just started watching <laughs> it, guys. Um, I, I'm one of the few people that seems to not hate it. And, uh, you know, I, just a quick side note, because Border Nerdy on a tangent. I think one of the, the shout-outs I have to give that game, there are no filler episodes. My biggest pet peeve as a fan of uh, weekly shows or the shows that, you know, limit the launch of their episodes is when they give you some bullshit volleyball on the beach. Let's all have fun fan service episode. I'm looking at you bleach. I'm looking directly <laughs> at you bleach. Um, and, and like, I, I like when the story just continues to progress with no bullshit in between. Um, yeah, so I do, sure. I do have to give them credit for that. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of put it out there guys. Cause it's something that like this week I was supposed to, um, assist in the launch of an RP server for GTA. And when push came to shove, I just didn't want to log in. I felt guilty and I felt bad about that. But when I really reflected upon why I felt guilty and bad about that, it was not because I let anybody down, but because I didn't have the desire to do it when so many of my friends did. And that kind of like disconnect there just, you know, it was weird. So to, to circle it, back Yeah, go ahead. Was it the pressure of having to do things with them? Was it the burnout of having done so much in X amount of time? Was it just wanting to take a break to recoup? Like what was what was the underlying reason of of not avoidance, but just wanting to put it off? Um so it's fall right now. I am basic. And they just launched pumpkin spice. And somebody's <laughs> asking me to drink like toasted almond. Okay. Um, fresh white, new friend that plays the game, new and shiny Tarkov versus like RP will always be there and I'll always go back to it. But you know, like right now I want, I want me some pumpkin spice. You know, that's, that's pretty much what, why I think it ultimately boiled down to. Which, to come full circle and to wrap it up, it's like, they say when you're on a diet, um, one of the best things you could do is eat intuitively. Like, instead of just buying, you know, what you're told to buy and, and measuring your calor- uh, calories directly, you eat something, think about health-wise, how did that make me feel? Do I feel energetic? Do I feel lighter? Do I feel cleaner? Okay, that's something we could add into the diet versus is it fried? Do I feel sluggish? Do I feel gross? They call it intuitive eating. Um, intuitive sleeping is a thing. It, it, there's a lot of these intuitives. And I kind of feel like when you're utilizing gaming as escapism during these times, you got to intuitively play your games and not feel guilty about the obligation to, or, or you know, laying down others who want you to be doing something else with that time. Uh, it was kind of just the circle as a strimmer, you know, 
and somebody that was supposed to help an RP server launch this weekend. Those are just my thoughts on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, the I think one of the worst things is that that expectation with friends with whatever circles you're in can be really, really stressful, very burdensome, overwhelming because you feel like you have an obligation, a commitment, and if you don't meet it, then what happens, right? Mm. I mean, if it's if it's a job, if it's uh, something that you're very active in and it majorly affects other people, say you're running a server and you're responsible for the entire back end of it, I I understand where the obligation is coming from, but it's still, it. I also understand the burnout and the stress of just having to deal with that and find time to partition every, every what every little aspect of your life just to relieve that stress and it can be a very very fine line to walk for sure mm. so to move forward um Rourke, i hope you got a beverage ready uh dale we're we're gonna go into uh <laughs> and what we're looking forward to here because i know that they i'll be honest i don't understand this so Please don't take my silence as a lack of interest. I just don't fully understand what's happening. So hopefully you can educate us on, uh, you know, was this 60, 60 FPS hype? Tell us about it. What are you looking forward to? All right. So for those of you not in the know, one of my favorite games is Bloodborne. Take a drink. I know. I get it. I love FromSoft. Sue me. One of my favorite games is Bloodborne. It's on the PS4. And it was, it's a, it's a pretty old, old game for the PS4. It's been locked at 30 FPS and like Demon Souls, uh, the PlayStation exclusive game by the same studio before it, it had some frame issues. It had some loading issues and the loading issues are pretty much taken care of. Uh, the game was updated, patched, and the loading is a decent problem, but less of a problem now. However, the game is still run at 30 FPS. And for you console players, I know, I get it. 30 FPS is standard. It's fine. Y'all are just branched down to that 60 FPS life. For us, other players, uh, it's a very noticeable difference. Some people hate having to go back down to 30 FPS. Some people will just refuse to. And I think that's kind of dumb, personally. Uh, I'll go down and play anything. My only issue is when it's not consistent and bloodborne like demon souls originally in some places it ain't consistent and it makes playing the game a little difficult in some areas because you have those inconsistencies to deal with things don't feel as responsive it's just bad all around there was a fan-made patch that was just released february a couple days ago that downscales Bloodborne, runs it at 720p, so it's not 1080p, it's not glorious high definition, or full high def, whatever. But the frame rate is uncapped through uh, some dev tools and custom animation patches, and it runs at a really sweet 60 FPS. And it is just taking the entire Bloodborne community by storm. It is fantastic. 
I won't lie. When you first uh, brought that up, I was kind of hyped, hoping that that meant we were getting it on PC. Um, so there is there's some on that note. There's been a lot of talk about what that what that could potentially mean, because the game is also available for the PS5 through PS Now, I believe. Whatever service uh, lets you stream games to the to the PlayStation, but it's still standard 30 FPS. It is what it is. Other games on the PS5 have gotten patches to get to that 60 FPS points. Which makes everyone else think, hey, like Bloodborne is like a, a big Sony IP. Why don't they have this patched? And some folks are thinking maybe there's going to be a remaster for Bloodborne. Maybe there's going to be some other work done with it. And that's why they're holding off on the 30 FPS to try to drive that to the new product. Maybe it's getting a PC port. Unlikely. But Horizon Zero Dawn got it. So, I mean, a couple of other things are getting it. So, I mean potentially it's 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 a weird state i would like to uh because many folks from the soulsborne uh community have told me that that's their favorite you know i know iron fire thinks very highly of it i know you think very highly of it i know that uh you know our friend of the community john was excited to play it um but graphically he's a snob so you know, I, I'm hoping that this will drive him to actually put it into uh, a console somewhere um, to try it out. But I need it to come to PC because I'm never buying a console again. I, I've learned my lesson when I bought Xbox One launch week. It put less than seven total hours onto the machine. Like, come on, bro. Um, I won't be falling down, down that pit again. So oh. one of the things that had me a little... On the edge, not on the edge, not reserved, but confused or concerned about this predicament is that this is a fan-made patch. Mm. This isn't official. This isn't supported. And you have to mod or jailbreak your PS4 to even do it, from my understanding. Which opens a whole bunch of potential legal issues, right? Because you're modifying whatever firmware, whatever um, operating system is on playstation what is that on the community's part to try to implement is this something that should i'm saying should not that we want really really want this to happen but is this something that should be implemented by the developers do they have any sort of obligation to do it because other things are getting these different patches i mean I don't know. Like some is, is it worth the investment? I guess is my, my question. I know that personally, as soon as I, as soon as I'm able to, I'm definitely be looking to do this to find out what the experience is like. Cause it is one of the few things that holds. It is one of two things that holds back bloodborne from being my favorite Soulsborne game of the of the series and so finding some way to just better the experience seems like a no-brainer to me but because it's not official and it, we don't have the same amount of customization and accessibility as we do on pc i'm a 
bit hesitant about it. So the other thing too, I, I just this hit me as you were talking about it. Um, the Soul series, and I'm sure uh, Bloodborne is the same way, is so iframe dependent with so many fights and like PvP. And I can only imagine that having those additional frames will allow you to time so much better rolls and quick steps and parries and so on and so forth. So I could actually see it being a, a potential improvement to the gaming experience just by being able to measure out your iframes better. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, like I come back for, I, I come from playing dark souls on the 360 is where I started. And that is notorious for being terrible around uh, blight town. For those of you who played it, you know, uh, and going to the Demon Souls, having the same issues, 30 frames, very stuttery frames at some locations. And it was, it's just a subpar experience all around. Transitioning to 60 frames, honestly, it the responsiveness and control felt nice, but the timing, the openings and windows, the frame windows, felt roughly the same it just looked nicer and animated nicer well even dark souls 3 has its issues in a couple spots um i think True. of uh when you're coming up towards the two dragons breathing fire right outside oh i could picture it i want to say it's on the high wall somewhere but i feel like it's, it's the, on the uh the lotheric area leading up to uh the, the grand archives princes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Every time I come up there and you get around all the dead knights laying there with the banners flying without fail, I'm, I'm sometimes dropping sub 30 there. Um, and my rig should be able to handle that. No problem. It doesn't. And I do get frustrated every time I get stuck in that area just because I have to put up with that crap. Um, and again, my issue isn't the the argument between 30 frames 60 frames 144 frames whatever as long as it's consistent mm. that is the number one most important thing to me i'll play a game at what 12 frames it's going to be blocky it's going to look weird but it's going to be consistent and you can get used to that you can rely on that once things start shaking up it stutters you drop between like 30 40 frames and it just looks really really terrible you don't get the same kind of responsiveness I have a lot of issue with that. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. That's that's a take that I think uh, is well-founded and, and for most of us agreeable. That's like a lot of people think the FPS argument is um, elitist to a sense, but it, there is a problem when it's a consistency problem. When performance changes, the experience changes. Um so we'll have to see what happens. I do hope I, I do hope we get that port. Um, oh, so do I. The amount of stuff that we could do. Because um, you know me, with, especially with the last episode, we got the uh, the whole randomization talk. There is another uh, mod for Bloodborne, specifically, uh, to have a randomizer on console. And I think that is really, really cool. The amount of... The amount of stuff that you can do on console now blows my mind, honestly. But imagining if we got a port over to PC, how much more we can more. do. Right. And that's that's what makes me very excited. 
Well, I hope it lives up to all your dreams. And I do hope it's it's easier to do. Um, and I would love to see, and we've talked about this several times, the devs acknowledge the community's want for this, right? Like, they're so excited that this came from the community. Um, and let's be real, guys. Demon Souls remake, relaunch, whatever the hell they called it, killed it. Like, it did very well on the PS5. People want this series. Um, if we look at, oh, what's the name of that game I haven't played yet? I want to say Ghost, but it's not called Ghost. Uh, it's the FromSoft Samurai situation that everybody wants me to play. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima? No, 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 no. Sakura? Sakura, there we go. Right? There we go. Like, your studio is respected. Look at the hype that Elden Ring has, even though it's been silent for so long. People want this. It's not going to be one of those remakes that like everybody gets hyped for. It doesn't support. If you put it out there, people will play it. Absolutely. It, they will come. On that topic, I'm going to shift it to, into my excited for. If you want to talk about a series that is quite literally pushing a decade of being overdue, um, Dale, as confused as I was in your Bloodborne talk, it's okay. You're allowed to be confused now. <laughs> Time for me to pop the question marks up, huh? <laughs> so those of us in the sports world have a gigantic electronic erection right now. Um, one of the all-time most beloved series is coming back. Twitter had an unverified account called EA College that tweeted out that college football is coming back. And a lot of people thought it was fake news. A lot of people thought it was just, you know, somebody, anybody could create a Twitter account. Anybody could go out there and troll the community. Two hours after the tweet was made, a blue check showed up. NCAA football is coming back to EA Sports. Now, for the vast majority of our listeners, yay, sports ball. For those of us who grew Woo! up, for those of us who grew up on this shit, the last that they made was a 2000 uh, not 2000 sorry hey uh no it was it was 2014 was the last year that they made an ncaa college football this was the year that the college players pushed because they want to start getting paid when their likeness is used or their names are used when the universities sell jerseys um one of the the biggest pushes behind this actually started with my favorite team, the Florida Gators in 2008, where Tim Tebow jerseys made up for 90% of the income of the um, athletic department online store. That's crazy. And that goes yeah. directly to the campus, like to the curriculum, to supporting the, the It goes teams? very specifically to the athletic department. It's up to the athletic department if they want to share it with anything else. Now, I will say this, wow. and a lot of people don't know this. Um, hashtag America. College football supports something to the uh, the tune of 90, I want to say it was 94, the last time I actually read a real study that was done about this. Um, college football supports 94% of other collegiate programs. Very few college sports programs are self-sustaining. It's wild. When you think especially about like some of these universities these people are going to are $100,000 universities for a, 4, 000, a four-year degree. You know, so they're obviously including a hundred thousand dollar education within uh, the the budget if you put a player on scholarship. 
but there's also, you know, the maintaining of fields and referees and uh, any train equipment that's required for those programs. So, I mean, when we look at what college football does provide, it does supply many universities with the means to continue to have programs um, like track and field and uh, gymnastics that require a lot of money and material items, you know, um, the actual pieces you need to play the sports that do not draw a lot of crowd revenue in. Um, But I get it. I mean, college football is a multi-billion dollar thing. And the players were upset, and they didn't want their likenesses used. And then the NCAA also had a big split where they broke it to uh, multiple divisions. So everybody used to fly under one flag in NCAA. Um, okay. Got, sorry to get super deep on this, guys, but this is this is why I'm passionate about this. This is big news <laughs> for those of us that know. Um, but then universities like Oregon who, if many people don't know this, the, the guy that invented the company Nike uh, and, and mastered the running shoe was from Oregon. He was a duck. Um, he was a duck? They, yeah, is he was the, a duck. Is he that was the mascot, a, the team? No, he himself was an actual duck. Yeah, no, it's a mascot. They're the Oregon Ducks. Um, i say duck, duck, goose. As opposed to Oregon State, who are the beavers, because you know there's nothing more vicious than when a duck and a beaver fight each other. Um, <laughs> I would never understand sports, dude. <laughs> so he wanted to have an exclusivity deal with um, Oregon, but it went against the AA, uh, the NCAA terms for how they do licensing, how the jerseys are made. There was a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So essentially what happened was college football no longer fell under one banner. They all came up with different licensing agreements, which allowed them to negotiate for their own television marketing, their own radio marketing, their own clothing marketing, their own sponsorships, so on and so forth, which meant that you could not get every single team to agree to allow their licensing to be used for something like a video game. It opened up the door for lawsuits for players, from universities. So plain and simple, EA was like, we're done, we're out, we're not dealing with this. Taking the safe route, sure. So that was in 2014. Um, Madden has continued along fine. And there are 2K tried football before they realized that Madden just has like a monopoly on the football world. But nobody touched college sports. There was also an NCAA basketball that was more popular than the NBA EA sports game. Uh, plain and simple, EA did college sports right, which I know saying EA did anything right is like sacrilege in this day and age. But nobody has quite captured the recruiting, the multi-season mode, the environment of a college atmosphere like EA has done. So them announcing that they are bringing it back is huge, um, especially for folks like me that could not care any less about professional sports. They're a bunch of overpaid crybabies. You get paid $24 million a year to run a football 20 times a week. Shut up. Take your money. Quit crying. All right? You, you are making millions off of a God-given gift. Stop it. So what do you guys out there that actually care about EA College need to know? Well, that's important. It's not going to be EA NCAA anything anymore. They're leaving the NCAA title out so that they don't have to deal with any licensing. It's going to be known as EA College. 
They are working closely with something called the CLC, which is the Collegiate Licensing uh, Company. And they hold about 100 licensing agreements with the primary, the, the teams you'd want to play as, the Alabamas Jesus. of the world, the Clemsons, so on and so forth. So by calling it college football instead of NCAA football, they don't actually need approval from anything NCAA related. They're working so they're with- basically going down the generic, like generic brand college football route. Well, that's actually the approach that the whole time they've never used player names ever. So what used to be exciting was about a week after the game was released, you would go on to, they had a thing in there, which was kind of cool. No other uh, game was really doing this at the time where you could download other players rosters, like other human players rosters. Okay. So what they would do is a group of like 20 guys for every NCAA uh, would get together and they would all take a different conference and actually go through and name every player and fine tune the stats so that what you really got was the real players. But because EA sold it without any names attached, they didn't have to pay anybody for their likeness. And then we, the fans, would go in and adjust it and make it the real players. It's essentially modding without modding. I um, see. Using the tools available inside just to get your custom full right. teams. Okay. Right. And I mean, I'm if we following. think about if we think about college football, most players only play for two to three seasons before they become a pro anyways. So unlike Madden, where, you know, you'll have a player play for one team for 20 seasons, it wasn't really all that important what the names were. Because after you played for a few seasons, those players graduated anyways, and the generic guys would come in anyways that you had to recruit. But what I think is really awesome that EA did here, by going to the collegiate licensing company, they're dealing with each university as an individual company, right? So I have my agreement with Alabama. I have my agreement with Clemson. I have my agreement with Tennessee. I don't have to worry about the collective of the NCAA board. College, generic college name for the title of the game avoids having to be beholden to any specific board of, uh, of trustees, so sure. as long as, as long as they get their individual approvals from each college that's a member of the CLC, they're good to go. Um, the one thing that does make me sad, 2024 at the earliest. So, Ooh, that's a, that's a good while away. Well, it's a large part of it. So um, another piece to get deep into it here that a lot of folks don't understand. They actually almost called NCAA football Lou Holtz football. Uh, because they had so much success with John Madden football. At the time, John Madden, I believe he was coaching the Raiders at that point in his career when they made Madden football. Um, He was the most well-known coach. When they made NCAA football, Lou Holtz was still coaching for Notre Dame. Uh, So he was the most well-known college coach. And then Lou Holtz, because he's Lou Holtz, and he's just an adorable old man, was like, it's not about me. I don't want the intention. He still sits on the, <laughs> he still sits on the board. Uh, he still has a very heavy hand in influencing it, but uh, he no longer um, or he never wanted his his name attached to it. Uh, so That's fantastic. He, he has been saying that uh, they need to get a lot of um, the behind the scenes legality settled to make sure that they don't get sued by the players of the universities. But just knowing that this is coming back for those of us, like this is huge. This is huge. This would be like uh, if 
they announced Dale uh, in your world that just kidding, Dark Souls wasn't just a trilogy. It was one of three trilogies. The other two are going to take place in alternate timelines and give you a different take on what you're experiencing. Imagine that was just announced to you. That's kind of how this feels for those of us that this wasn't a fandom. It was a cult. There, sure. were some of, <laughs> there were some of us that were 25 seasons deep into universities that we started from Division F. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I might not be a sports guy, right? The only sports I really, the only sport I was actively involved in uh, personally was tennis. And that's the one I really kept up with. Um, which I think we had our talk on the solo performance sport versus the team performance sport and how those stimulate different things and different fantastic, fantastic discussion. And I definitely prefer those single person sports besides the point. I like, I'm intrigued by this, not for the sports side of it. And I'm glad that all of you sports people are getting excited for this. But I'm very much intrigued by the whole just legal side of it. Why why it was dismissed in the first place and why it's making a comeback now. And my what I'm thinking is you you say that people are generally only on for two to three seasons. And I, I take those two to three years, correct? Yes, yes. So if this is going out by twenty twenty four at the latest, does that mean that all players currently signed are going to leave the universities. They're going to have new players in for the teams. And that's going to help with whatever contracts they sign, whatever the requirements are to join a team, requiring that they're okay with whatever comes out through the game because of whatever deals. So there's actually an article I have up in the background right now. You probably can't see and i didn't send it to you because it's pretty lengthy uh it's actually written by espn which further legitimizes that this is really happening um and they actually are going to strike zero deals with the players themselves um so this works the same way as like a fifa or anything else where um every year there'll be a, a new edition of this you know so we'll have a uh, college ea college football 24 25 26 so on and so forth after that um so they have said, and this is one very stark difference from the past, but I personally don't mind it because I know the community will just do what we used to do and fix it ourselves. Um, I actually think they're going to intentionally make well-known players the furthest from their real life selves as they can. So like, if there's a star quarterback at Alabama, which is one of the premier programs right now, that's a six-foot-five uh, white dude named justin right what they'll do is they'll they'll make like a shorter dude like a barely six foot tall person of color whose name is zachary and 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 just try to make it like there's no possible way you can misconstrue our fictional quarterback for alabama for the real life dude and then sure makes sense give it a week and the community will go ahead and fix that and, and make it so that everybody looks as they should. And it has the stats that they should. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but that's, it's big news guys. And, and I know many are not involved in the sports ball world, but um, I'm very excited to see college sports come back. And it services a large part of the sports gamer community that feels like we've been forgotten for a very long, long time. 
yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Dale, do you have anything else that you are looking forward to? Uh, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to getting a PS5 at some point once them scalpers are done. I heard there was a restock that was coming in and, uh, I can only hope that I'm not going to get a PS5 two years after it's been released because scalpers are hoarding them all. Yeah. I, I think that that's, um, actually not going away. I think scalpers are a problem that's here to stay. Um, uh, here's why I really want to know. And, and this is, uh, Something I've really been wondering lately as we watch um, GameStop's uh, actual demise, which led to the internet stock market memes that followed um, with them closing physical stores. I'm wondering if what we're seeing with the online market and scalpers, if we will see the consumer realize the value of in-person purchasing um, because you can't have a bot, at least not yet, walk up to a GameStop and purchase a physical um, PS5. As a matter of fact, most of the folks I know that have successfully achieved obtaining a PS5 have specifically gone for shelf stock. Um, they So retail stores folks usually have two inventories, online sales and pre-orders, and then shelf stock which is there for people to walk in and purchase. Um, so I'm wondering if there's going to be any corrective measures with the PS5 is not the only one. I was actually reading earlier today. I was thinking about adding this into the show and you kind of just brought it in for us. And I want your hot take on this. Um, sure. are, you from, are you familiar with micro centers? Yeah, absolutely. So um, three were hospitalized in some cold European country. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know which one um, because they were waiting in line for the restock of the 3000 series at a micro center for 18 hours and suffer cold related medical complications. Oof. <laughs> um, why didn't I, mm. <laughs> I mean, my first thought is if they're in that, sort of situation why don't they remove themselves to seek better attention man oof yeah bro but like consumerism bro come on like you gotta get the thing before the thing goes away i get it but you also gotta take care of yourself but uh, yeah i think it's crazy right now right if we look at um even the even the xbox is having problems staying in stock which, if we look at the numbers, Xbox isn't doing as well as the PS5, but yet it's still completely out of stock. So I'm, I'm actually kind of confused by that as somebody that uh, could teach economics. How are you completely out of stock, but yet not making your numbers? <laughs> SDN does not understand. Backroom deals? I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It, it's a sad situation when we talk about uh, I think when I hear about PS5s being sold out um, I think of the guys I used to game with back when I was on console who you know worked 10 12 hours a day and had three three hours max to like do whatever leisure activity they wanted to do you know so here I am all I want to do is game 
I, I work my ass off every day and I want a game and all my buddies are gaming on this thing and I just can't get my hands on one. And because of the nature of my job, I don't have the means to get my hands on. I can't go stand in line for 18 hours to try to try to get one. And it just absolutely, sucks, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So on to the, actually we're going to, we're going to throw something in here, Dale. Uh, this is an awkward transition, awkward transition. I like it. My my name is S Dan, the legend. Um, so Dale, I'm going to give you a second to pull up January. Um, so something that, uh, we kind of were talking about right before we went live here Ah. is, uh, staying humble. Uh, it's going to be a, 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 Segment, that's the word I'm looking for. I almost said unit. A segment of the show called Staying Humble. Dale and I are both consumers of humble um, humble yearly, in his case, humble monthly, or now humble choice, in my case. Um, and as well as, like, I, I dabble on there when they have sales and such. Um, but January had a semi-interesting pack. I, I'll be honest with you. Not a lot that piqued my interest, but what did pique my interest really did. So what we'd like to do with this unit is kind of um, highlight the previous month, the games we have right now, because February won't come out for a little bit. Um, Talk about what games we're excited for. Play through them on our individual streams. Hey, it's Dale. Hey, with two Y's. And S. Dan the Legend on Twitch. Um, and then take some time at the end of the month to talk about them. So this is something, you know, the first week of each month that we're recording, we'll, we'll highlight what we're playing, what we're looking forward to. And then at the end of the month, we'll talk about the games we actually got to. Um, so Dale, I'm going to kick it off. We'll talk about one I know we're both excited for and looking forward oh, yeah. to. Um, I played Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight on stream. And then Dale played it shortly thereafter. I think we had, I, I think it's fair to say we had the same experience, a fucking fantastic one. Uh, I loved it so much. So in the January bundle, Minoria is, uh, or Minor Ia, I'm going to call it Minoria because that just makes more sense in my brain. It's made by the same team that put out Momodora Reverie. And it looks to be just this really great, uh, I don't know if it's Metroidvania, but it's definitely a platformer. Um, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, it looks very reminiscent of the direction that it took with uh, Reverend of the Moonlight. Uh, that's the only Momodora game I've played. I believe there are three previous games in the series, and they're very different. They're not all very Metroidvanias. Different. More uh, like action platformers. Uh, which I mean I'm fine with I don't hate but Reverie was definitely my preferred kind of game and this definitely appears to be going more down that route more focused on combat though which has me super excited this feels very reminiscent of like Blasphemous or uh, Sultan Sanctuary which are very focused on the combat you have a lot of like offensive uh, maneuvers uh, you can do, you can roll, you have parries. It just looks to be much more engaging than your traditional, uh, Metroidvania. I just love that they kept the artwork 
so similar. I I have played uh, Momodora two and three. Um, did not enjoy them. I'll just be flat on honest. Uh, I think I experienced the whole. I played Dark Souls three before Dark Souls one thing, where the quality of life stuff just wasn't there, and two and three just felt so clunky. Um, but this looks. It's got that art style that Reverie had. Um, it looks beautiful. They're calling it the spiritual successor, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. a lot of these zones. Even remind me of places we went to in Reverie. So so really really looking forward to getting in that one. I know that that one's definitely on my going to be played this month list. Was there anything else from January that you think you're going to get into? Yeah, I had uh, two other uh, two other titles on my list. Let me check my notes here. I had uh, Tales of the Neon Sea and Song of Horror. All right, I got Tales up right now. Yeah, talk about Tales. Yeah, yeah, Tales looked interesting. It looked like something that was up my alley because it's, well, I mean, it's pixel art. I'm a sucker for pixel art. It's got like this noir cyberpunk mystery detective puzzle vibe going on. Uh, I guess you're like an ex-cop or something and you're out here trying to solve mysteries on the neon sea. See, see Mr. 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 Seat. It looks interesting and I'm, I'm really, really excited for it. So I'm not terribly good at the mystery solvey stuff, but yeah, still looking, still looking forward to it. Funny enough, when I was doing uh, cyberpunk, when I was playing on a stream, I, just googled cyber uh cyberpunk pixel art uh, or pixel art in cyberpunk fashion i forgot what I, I typed exactly and i'm just now realizing that the scene i used was from this game ah uh, <laughs> so if you actually took the the splash art on the title and removed the title that was what um i was using and i didn't even realize it um yeah this this has a interesting vibe to it for for sure i could see myself really enjoying this if chats evolved with me um i don't think this is something i'll play on my own but with a group of people help me unravel the mystery like this one would be a backseating welcomed version as long as you haven't played the game before but um that yeah i absolutely agree with that I had not really given that one its due diligence, to be honest with you, Dale. And now that I see it, I'm I'm into that. Song of Horror, though, I did take a look at once you suggested to me that you thought this was in the realm of a uh, Resident Evil vibe. So what is your quick take on, on, you know, we haven't played it yet, guys, so we're kind of, these are blind takes and assumptions we're making here, but uh, what are your thoughts? So Song of Horror... It looks like Outlast meets Resident Evil to me. Uh, I know very little of Outlast. Uh, I'm just going off of um, like my perception of what it is. So take that as you will. But this looks very... How do I say this? It seems very Resident Evil 1-esque with its traversal. You're in these hallways. You're in these rooms. You're trying to find... Uh, key items or ways to solve puzzles and that just screams Resident Evil to me. And then you have this presence, the antagonist being this like omniscient, ever-present entity chasing you and that kind of reminds me of like Mr. X. Um, 
and then you have like all these different perspectives of people that you're going to be uh, playing through, I guess. And that kind of reminds me of Outlast and like how you're trying to record something or like, give it to other people. And I just, yeah, it's, it, it, it seems like a knockoff of Resident Evil in concept, but it looks pretty entertaining and well-made. You know, last week you said that one of the four features you think about when you think about Resident Evil is this constant sense of being pursued. Um, so one of the things that just absolutely terrified me about this, because I just now read this for the first time, um, that, that entity that's pursuing you has an advanced AI that will adapt to your actions and decisions. Yep, yep. So now I want to say that that happens me? in Outlast. Oop, sorry. I think that happens in Outlast as well with whatever's um, following you or chasing you as well as Alien Isolation. And I've heard nothing but good things about that. Bro, I don't want... I just want to run into my save room and know I'm safe. <laughs> nothing was worse than the first time Nemesis broke into a safe room. So that's a save room. But see, it's a safe room because... All right, anyways. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um. So, oof. Uh that's guys i am so terrible at playing horror games i feel like i need to save that one for a spoopy situation and i need somebody to support me through it as i go through it because i cannot play spoopy games man um i don't do well with it it's something i would love to get through and i will probably keep the camera on just so you guys can see me actually crying um like the little scaredy cat i am while i play it but uh I am 100% the same way. Like this terrifies me, but I'm so intrigued. So the only other title that I wanted to take a look at, and it's only because it's still held up uh, to it's, it's a $40 game right now still. Um, but I watched ancestors played by quite a few streamers. Um, I think summit was paid to play it. He had hashtag added in there. Lupo was paid to play it. Uh, Sips was paid to play it. I want to say maybe even Co was paid to play uh, Ancestors. Huh. So you had all these big streamers who played it. And for those of you who are involved within the Twitch community, you know that the formula usually goes, did Summit play it? Yes. It's in the top five on Twitch. Right? That's usually the, <laughs> that's usually the formula. Right? It never broke the top ten. And um, I'm wondering why it didn't, because on the surface, it had a lot of promise. Uh, essentially, the idea is that you are a bunch of monkeys living in uh, the wilderness. Think of games like Green Hell or Forest, but you're a monkey. Um, and you have hmm. obstacles like natural predators that you're trying to overcome. But you also evolve through the game. So as you're unlocking your skill tree, you're also evolving. Um, so you eventually do get, like, supposedly weapons. Uh, and you can take down, uh, I'm looking at a picture right now, so I'm just going to say a saber-toothed tiger. You know, And there is uh, something of a storyline to it. Um, so it is a progression, as it's also like a free world survival. It's a weird little formula. So I kind of want to get in there. My real intrigue is wondering why the game is still $40, even though you had all these big streamers play it, and it never really took off. So I'm almost into it for like trying to figure out what's wrong with it 
or <laughs> you know like I, I just it confuses me uh it did not live up to the summit formula so i i want i want to check that one out for sure um but those were the only ones that really caught my eye. I know a lot of people enjoy the Warhammer games, but Chaos Bane just kind of doesn't look like it's going to be my jam. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you took a look at that one. It kind of looks like a wannabe uh, Diablo or Path of Exile or, or something to that effect. I, Got the same I, vibe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I have a bunch of those titles right now that I don't play, so I don't know if I'll be exploring that one um, any further. But we'll also, guys, we're, I mean, we're not here to talk about all of them right now. Then we might find hidden gems. Like, I'm going to give D-Level to try. I don't think a lot of it right now, but who knows, man. Like, who if you had ever watched somebody play Baba, um, Baba is you, bro. It's a fantastic game. But if you just looked at it, you'd be like, what the hell is this? This is garbage. You have to experience sure. it to understand. And Dale, I don't know how comfortable you are in saying this, but I'm comfortable in saying this. For those of you guys that come through uh, to actually watch us live on Twitch, um, you know, when when the February bundle drops, if I still have games open in January, for those of you who come on through, I have no problems with throwing my unused keys to folks that are coming through and, and supporting us as we're streaming live. Um, there's a ton of titles on here that might not interest me that you guys might be into. I have a feeling chaos Bane will still be sitting in my inventory at the end of the month. So if that's something you guys are into, you know, make sure you're here live when you're a little, when you're a little humble press. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. There, def- there will definitely be some, uh, titles that I'll have extra keys for. Cause I definitely don't redeem everything every month. Oh, yeah. And on that note, uh, what is the the monthly price for the humble bundle? About twelve dollars. Uh, I think it's twelve ninety nine. So twelve ninety yeah. nine. It gives you uh, roughly between what nine to twelve choices. Sometimes you can claim all the games that they have on the bundle. Uh, sometimes you can only get ten or so. You'll you have to choose uh, which two or whatever you don't want. Um, it's an insanely good value for the price at the very least. It's. The, the price of the combined games are generally between $250 to $310. And you can get some real gems in there. So if you're looking at picking something up, because I'd like to make this a recurring thing for the month, right? We have uh, whatever we're going to look into for this month. And then we'll recap at the end of the month and say, hey, this is what we play. This is what we liked, what we're looking through. But I think we should also take a look at what the next month has. So if anyone new wants to hop on, get the bundle and experience it with us. Let us know how you feel about things, what you're excited for, what you liked from the bundle. We can uh, kind of talk about that. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to make, so we're not hashtagging ad here, guys. We just both have done this for a while. And I think of so many of the titles I got darks. I told you this, right? I got dark souls off of the bundle. I would have never experienced yep. dark souls. And I got the bundle. I just did a quick math of the first six titles and it already broke uh, $150. Right, and I could claim from this month I have twelve choices, and there are exactly twelve games. Um, so, you know what you don't have, you could gift to, or what you don't want, you could gift to a friend. It's a fantastic, uh, fantastic little tool. So, Dale, were you just Absolutely. trying to tell me that you wanted to look at February right now, or no? Yeah, let's uh, let's go over February. See if uh, it tickles anyone's fancy. Yeah, yeah. So February is is got. Um, Two titles that right off the rip I was into, um, one of which 
I didn't really look at until you brought it up. So um, why don't you tell us why you're excited about Outward? So Outward is a game that was gifted to me about two years ago. And I've, like with a lot of games I play with other people, I just wasn't able to keep up with it. Kind of reflecting what we were talking about a little bit earlier, right? The uh, uh, the conflict of playing games with other people versus what we want to play ourselves. And uh, it's a, oh man, it's a well-made game. A very different take on your sort of traditional third-person action RPG. Uh, a little bit more gritty, a little bit more in-your-face. Uh, and it has multiplayer. So like you can get the best of all worlds, really. Fantastic world, uh, aesthetic, colors, design, characters. It's it's great. Definitely, definitely recommend folks uh, checking it out. Well, I mean, it's the bundle that you're going to get is Outward and the Sorrow Beans and Outward soundtrack. It's a $63 value, and it's only one title within um, the collection for next month. Um, so... I was kind of looking at and, and sort of digging on a couple different titles in here. Um, Iris kind of looked... There's something weird and different about it. Um, the art styles definitely got me intrigued a, a great deal. Um, it seems to have... I'm trying to think of the game that this reminds me of. Darkest Dungeon had a almost tactic style game off spin to it, but it's you're using cards in a deck while also doing turn-based attacking. And it just seems kind of interesting and different. Um, and I, I, I'm intrigued by it. That's the moral of the story. It's uh, an $18 value. You're getting, you know, your money back just off of something like this alone. Um, but when you have a tactical deck building roguelike, I see some replayability in this one big time. Yeah, I definitely see. I definitely see why you'd gravitate towards this with your love for Slay the Spire. Yeah, it just oh. now, Dale. There's if you look to the left of that, mm-hmm. it's called Lovecraft mm-hmm. Untold Stories. It's pixel arty. It's old school. It's I mean like. If that game was not made by you, it was made for you. It was made for me. This they they consulted me on this. I was I was the uh, the, the lead consultant. They they didn't do anything without my approval. I just I just but no, it looks it looks great. It's got Lovecraft. Uh, it looks like a third person. Uh, what I, not isometric? Isometric? No. But like one of your like just action adventure roguelike titles, uh, kind of reminds me of the demo for Morbid, uh, the mm. Seven Acolytes that we had played, and I've really enjoyed that. It was kind of along the lines of how um, Wizards of Legend, I think it's Wizards of Legend, played out, uh, and that was that was fantastic. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one too. Fight hundreds of different monsters from the Cthulhu mythos as five different heroes. One of them is an emo boy from the 2000s with a love for Lovecraft and pixel art. Yeah, so there's definitely some some 
dope looking stuff on here. There's um a Contra esque looking. Actually, I guess it's not really Contra. If you look at it, it's more like uh, Metroid. But um, yeah, are you looking at Volferis? Yep, I am. Yep, yep. Uh, has someone uh from Chat Wolf here uh take a look to it because you like the art and uh, yeah, this is this is striking, very Metroidy. I think with the with the aesthetic for sure. It looks good, man. Um, I'm I'm actually I didn't realize this was here until just now. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm just totally going sidetracked here, guys. Welcome to the humble monthly stream. Um, the <laughs> Wild Eight is a game I watched played by. Uh, it was actually an interesting group of individuals that I watched play this. Um, it was uh, Doctor Lupo, AOC, and Hassan played this it was weird um it was it was a little demo that they did um and it's a survival little like uh, salvage survival there is a storyline there is a purpose um you know this reminds me of like this reminds me of the long dark yep meets darkwood so uh, as it was being played, that was the reference a lot of people were making was um, uh, Long Night. Yeah. And then wow. just because it's always beautiful, and I've always enjoyed the aesthetic of them. Um, I'll probably put Trine on just to check it out. But for those of you who haven't played Trine, um, it's a platforming adventure game where you have these three classes and you can play co-op. And it's way more fun co-op. Uh, where more where in order to solve specific puzzles, you have to cycle through the classes and use their various different skills to like, you know, one guy can break things. Another guy can magnetically lift things. Um, I think there's a lady in the last one I played who can like shoot things. Um, and you might have to lift something to shoot it while somebody breaks something. Um, and you have these like teamwork based puzzles in the, the background. I remember when I first got my, my, uh, current graphics card, I was able to run like everything max settings. I have a giant 4k monitor and trying three made that thing chug. Um, so I'm just looking at the, <laughs> the background art in trying Four. I don't, I don't really play trines for the storylines. I play trines because they're just beautiful games, man. Yeah. They look really, really pretty. Yeah, so there. I mean, folks, it's it's twelve bucks to get in. Um, I do think they have a package now. Now that's Choice Dale, where you could just buy individual months. Um, when I signed up, you had three months, six months reoccurring, and so I just went with reoccurring. But I think if you like bundles now for a slightly steeper price, like uh, I think it's a few extra bucks, um, you could just get. You know, so instead of twelve ninety nine, it's like fifteen ninety nine. You could get just February's, uh, but I will make a concerted effort to to play through these to make sure we could talk about them, um, and we'll really dedicate a large pro- portion of the beginning of the month and the end of the month to highlighting what we're gonna what we're excited to play, and then reviewing what we did get to play. And the more of you that could play it and get involved with us, um, it'd be fantastic, man, because a large part of why Dale and I do what we do is we just love sharing this experience with other nerds, man. Dale, All right, don't there. get too sappy on me now. 
Dale's just over there <laughs> bobbing his head. Well, think about Dale. Think about your playthrough of uh, Breath of the Wild, right? Like when you played it with chat, how much more of an enjoyable experience was that? I could not think of a bigger 180 that could possibly happen. All right. I think I've mentioned it before in previous seasons that I played Breath of the Wild before and it was fine. I didn't find it particularly breathtaking. Uh, I wasn't blown away by it, but playing on stream, getting everyone to pop in be like, Hey, I, I like this part. I like doing this. Have you gone here yet? And just like hinting, like these are the cool things of what to discover, but discover on your own. That was fantastic. And a completely different experience. So the moral of the story is folks get involved or just, you know what, pick up these individual titles because 99% of the time when we get them in the bundle, they're also on sale on, on steam um, either the month of or the month after. Right. So um, check them out I, again for this month. Uh, I know that my big play is going to be Minoria. I, I actually am really excited to get into that. I'm going to start that this week. Um, so I stream guys Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes I start a little bit earlier, but I'm definitely on by 7 p.m. Eastern. And then whenever I can on the other days. But I'll, I'll try to reserve uh, you know, that one for the set stream times. So I'm excited to get involved with it. And I know, Dale, you're still finishing up uh, tactics, but I'm sure you'll find time to, to sneak it in there. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'll find time. I, I generally stream Wednesday through Saturdays around 8 p.m. to midnight central time. I'm a late night boy. Thursday uh, is our D&D night, as I said a little bit earlier today. And I think I might make the first half of the stream on Thursday, Humble Bundle Nights, mm-hmm. where I try out a couple of different games because we got reduced time. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. Almost like a 60 minutes or less situation almost look at that yeah 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 yeah. if i wasn't lazy i'd bring that series back and it'd be perfect for this maybe i will (laughs) who knows all right dale we've been rambling for far too long but it's been a fantastic ramble do you have any final thoughts for the folks at home stay safe out there we got some snowstorms coming in here we're below freezing temperatures um take it easy play games find your escapism don't let people tell you what you can, what you can't play. Make things on your time and uh, take care of yourself. As always, really appreciate you guys being here. Those who aren't here, really appreciate the plays coming through on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. For those of you who do not know, we are available on just about every major streaming platform. We do this every Saturday and we appreciate you. Until we catch you again, please do indeed stay gold, Pony Boy. <laughs>